You're with Julian on the Brown Note and a review of the album Topical Dancer by, I think I called her Adik Heri before, but um, I think she says on the album that her name is Charlotte Adigeri, which makes me feel very French indeed. Charlotte Adigeri and Bolis Pupil. I don't want to say what the, di- and then they're Belgians uh, with, I think she's got Belgian Caribbean background. So they're both from the diaspora side of things, which makes it in immediately very interesting to critics. So you've got non-white Belgian people making music that references sexuality and gender and polit- social politics and immigration and stuff like that. So a lot of critics have fallen over themselves to worship this album. It's one of the best reviewed albums of the year so far. I'm less in that bracket unfortunately i think topical dancer is an excellent title though a play on tropical dancer um this is sort of in a um very bouncy spongy aerated post k tronada sort of electronic bouncy world um a very appealing production i don't want to be really sexist but given that charlotte does the vocals you have to assume that bolis is making all the music i don't know that that's true Maybe they both are, um, but they're collaborated on this album anyway. Uh, the the main flaws of this album, I've heard the term didactic used, which is where sentences are simply spoken, almost like a catechism, where it's like, you will love yourself, I am non-binary, just sentences floating in space with no attached narrative to them, which makes them... At their worst, they come across like one of those well-meaning groups that come into schools to talk about gender positivity or, you know, they make the students cringe and they just basically say, hey, here's the sexual assault panda or some, as we've seen on shows like South Park and um, many others where they bring in a group to the school to teach them about sexism or consent you know, the same sort of standard as one of the Liberals' consent videos, um, which can be a bit cringe-inducing. And and, and the fact is that they're often left with no story attached to flesh out the the sentences on race or sexuality or gender. Um, It's just like spoken lines that exist in space. It works at its best, though, when they actually uh, use humour, which is ever-present throughout this album. It's got a very fun vibe to it. Esperanto, uh, that's the um, first major track on the album, and it it works because it's it pokes fun. So it isn't about race um, from a view of someone that's being hectoring. It's just poking fun. I love the line, don't say black Americano, the coffee, say African American. And I thought it was often very, very funny. And that's when it works at its best. It's when, they, when they've dialed up either the humour or on later tracks added a, a narrative. Um, so I really like that opening one, uh, Esperanto. There's a sort of almost electro house vibe, a modern version, not a pulverizing version. Um, it's, it's got a very light touch. Um, uh, the third track, Blender, is just, it's a collection of phrases. Um, it just isn't interesting. Um, hey, track four again. It's um, it's it would be. I mean, she's got a lovely voice. It's a very appealing voice, whether she's doing spoken word or singing, and having that French tinge to her accent. One of the world's greatest female 
accents is, is great, but some of these tracks would be better without her on them as instrumentals. As some of the back, the background instrumentation is actually really good, and they would make a, it would make a, a solid electronic album without any singing on it. Um, so I, I did like the line in that track though. Uh, you say you love plants, but you eat them. Um, track five is where it, it it hit me. is a great example of what of how badly wrong the rest of the album gets it. Here she paints a narrative about being 13 years old, wearing knee-high socks and a skirt, coming home from school and being wolf-whistled at by adult men who are sexualizing her and she doesn't understand. She thinks she assumes she's got her skirt tucked in her knickers or something and they're poking fun at her. They don't realize that they're actually sexualizing a young child. That really works. It's a standout on the album for me. Um, and it works because it puts all of this into a, a narrative. It weaves it into a story. And that's so much more strong than just saying a sentence. Um, and the other thing is that track's got such a great industrial, almost progressive house uh, in, instrumental backdrop to it. It's, just, it's the strongest on the album. Um, after that, a lot of the tracks get quite drifty. And I thought that um, Reappropriate was uh, another of several really cringy statement songs i really hate the word woke but it's so useful as shorthand it describes so many different things i mean i hate the term but it's difficult to find something that um it it basically reappropriate is about gender and sexuality and it is a collection of sentences and it made me cringe i saw actually uh ceci n'est pas un cliche was something really good that they did uh, it was very post-ESG, that legendary Brooklyn band of three sisters that made ever-sampled live music, uh, bass drums and keyboards that, that were the funkiest thing around and get sampled. And also the band, a band that would be heavily influenced from that music, LCD Sound System. Here, the live bass and everything, uh, it's got a much more band sound and it's really great track. Absolutely bet. Fantastic. Um... What's that? One of the tracks actually introduced some quite sort of dreamy, high-pitched vocals that reminded me a lot of Blondie's Rapture as well. Um, track 12, Ha Ha, is another abomination, and that's where this album gets bogged down for me in that several of the tracks aren't just drifty, but they're really bad, and um, I found them quite difficult. None more so than Ha Ha, the penultimate track. If you can imagine a three-and-a-half-minute track where someone's doing fake laughing, going... Ha ha ha, ha ha ha. Imagine me doing that for another 60 seconds, then times that by three, and then add another 30 seconds. It's unbelievably unlistenable, and I don't know who thought three and a half minutes of someone doing a fake laugh over a beat would be in any way appetizing. I don't know what they're trying to say. The final track, um, along with Esperanto and uh, It Hit Me, the other of the three really good tracks I thought was um, Thank You. At the end, again, they managed to make it about something rather than platitudes. And here she is very viciously, satirically attacking everyone that likes her music for taking credit for them. You know, anyone that says that you, critics saying, you know, you should do this or that, or I liked your earlier stuff better, or I like. She thanks them in the most sarcastic way possible, and that is a great way to end the album. But overall, you know, would I listen to this album out of choice? No, not really. 
It's the kind of album that um, if it was on, I wouldn't mind it being on, but I wouldn't probably ever choose to. Um, it's quite symmetrical for me because it seems like there's almost there's almost like three great tracks, three middling tracks, three poor tracks, and three near unlistenable tracks where the platitudes just become too much or someone's just doing fake laughing. So for that reason alone, I'm going to give the highly acclaimed Topical Dancer a very middle of the road 5 out of 10.